Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zaki. Welcome into the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb here. Steering the ship, Steve Zaki. He's still down in Arizona on his workcation. But guess what? We head right out to the Great Midwest Bank hotline and bring in Mr. Z-Man. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing pretty good. How are things in Wisconsin? Oh, fantastic. Just, uh... You know, a little rain, uh, you know, off and on today. You know, not bad, though. Temperatures are great, so can't complain. How uh, How's everything down uh, in the Phoenix area? I'm actually, I was, we were north. We were up in Flagstaff. We were at over 6,000 feet. And actually, some of the roads and off-ramps and everything was snow-covered. And there was no TVs, no TV reporters there telling us to be careful i don't know how we made it okay but you survived we survived and uh yeah it was and they don't salt as much as uh i mean they do have plows but i was i was surprised the roads were a little sketchy up there but i'm in a truck and it wasn't an issue all right well good to hear good to hear uh i guess northern wisconsin is getting ready my uh my sister went up to door county for uh for Thanksgiving, it was going to spend a whole weekend up there. She drove home yesterday because I guess they're expecting 15 inches of snow. And uh, she didn't want to get uh, get stuck up there. So she went back home. But I guess uh, we're supposed to get, I think, under an inch. It's just supposed to be kind of wet and rainy around here. So you're definitely not missing much being down there in the desert. Yeah, it's, it, I think they had about, looks like they had about eight inches of snow. And uh, now we're we're past that. We're uh, heading towards New Mexico, and uh, we're still at a higher elevation, but not at six thousand feet. And uh, it's just like a dusting of snow where we're at now. All right. Well, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Uh, must be nice being down there, uh, temperature-wise and all that. Six thousand feet. The elevation makes it uh, hard for the fat man to breathe. So uh, I like being a little closer to sea level. <laughs> But uh, that's just me personally. Yeah, you know, we 
we went and got gas. I had to make a restroom break. Uh, I guess the good thing is I didn't notice it. Of course, I wasn't playing football, like, uh, you know, playing the Broncos or anything like that. You know, so it wasn't uh, wasn't too strenuous strenuous uh, for activity. But, yeah, I didn't, to be honest, I really didn't notice it when I was out and about. Well, if the gas cap's on tight enough, that, that'll make you sweat a little <laughs> bit, you know. <laughs> so uh, so NASCAR hands out uh, a bunch of penalties and uh, figures out a, a way to collect $200,000 in fines bec- uh, of penalties that happened during the championship weekend at Homestead, Miami. And uh, they said that there was a little... Um, shall we say, collusion with uh, how the teams finished and uh, how they, uh, I guess they, you know, saying that they manipulated the finish. Um, Well, they did. They did because NASCAR had a plan, a bonus for a team that would qualify. It was uh, the first, let let me get, uh, you can verify this. Is my understanding it was the first, the highest non-chartered uh, team got a, got a big bonus. That was, and that's what they were trying to, you know, get people in position for. Correct? Yes. Yeah. So they're trying. Yeah. I mean, we went through this with Michael Waltrip racing and everything. You know, and this, I don't know. I mean, Formula One does it all the time, and you have. I, I don't know. I get you know it, it's one of these things. NASCAR doesn't want you to do. NASCAR always wants to be and feel like they're in control, and that's why you know just they've always been they've hated that. Even though they've been manipulating finishes finishes of races for years with phantom cautions and all this other BS. But you know some teams try and get a you know struggling team. It's not like this is a powerhouse team. These are these are your at risk teams. Who knows if they're going to be around in a year or two, and they go ahead and bang them. So, go figure. Are you telling me that not every late race debris caution is authentic, Steve? Come on, you're shaking the whole foundation of my motorsports knowledge. Well, it's interesting with all the controversy with Bubba Wallace and that, and him trying to you know manipulate the finish and. The only reason why he got caught is because he admitted it. And, you know, so NASCAR was kind of in a position at Homestead where they really couldn't do that, even though I'm sure there's a lot of debate in the control room. But they had the race. They had to let that race kind of finish the way it was, you know. And, it, you know, it was, unfortunately for NASCAR, an incredibly boring ending of a race and season. Well, yeah, yeah, it was. We talked about that last week. What a snooze fest, you know. Both Phoenix was uh, week, you know, the second to uh, to final race, and then Homestead Miami was brutal as well. And uh, you know, next or this season coming up now, uh, that'll get underway in in February with obviously the Daytona 500. The finale will not be at Miami. It'll be at Phoenix, but. You know, they better have a hell of a lot more excitement than the race that we saw just a few short weeks ago. Well, and I, I think Phoenix can bring that. Homestead, they, I mean, they've had exciting exciting races at Homestead. 
We've had battles. I mean, the Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, in 2006, 2000, whenever that was, that was one of that was fantastic racing. But there were different cars, different rules package, and everything else. And I think NASCAR has kind of painted itself in a corner with a package that is so aerosensitive now, and they're trying to put a Band-Aid on it with this package, less power, more downforce. But, you know, in a way, and you could see from the weekend, I mean, who, who, who had issues? Everybody, you know, the cars look, they're so locked in and, 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 and on the ground that, you know, it, it's, it doesn't, like I said last week, it, 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 it looks easy. I know you and I know it's not, and the, and the people listening not, but to the casual fan or somebody flipping through the channel, it's not, it's not compelling enough for, uh, you know, people to watch. And I think that's an issue with a lot of the audience at this point. Yeah, I agree. We, you know, we've talked about it a lot off, uh, off air, a little bit on air. You know, if you go back and watch some of the older races on YouTube and stuff like that from, you know, even just 15, 20 years ago, there would be four or five times a race where somebody would just spin out all by themselves because, you know, they're trying to get the most out of their car, and that's how poorly some of those cars were handling. Now they show these in-car cameras, and these guys' hands are barely moving on the wheel. And yes, it, it it does look very easy. It's like, uh, you know, driving one of those uh, rail cars. It's almost like an Indy car to a certain point. Yeah, or, or sitting at the at a slot car track. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, it's uh, you know, the one thing that you know kind of made the end of the season a little bit more interesting. And we railed on this as well earlier in the year as well was uh, the lack of mechanical failures. And then it seemed like late in the year, all of a sudden, there was a rash of mechanical failures. And not only that, but they weren't happening just to J.J. Yaley and the teams that are, are racing for, you know, 32nd place. They were happening to some big name guys. And then you get into the finale and you've got Martin Truex whose pit crew put the wrong side tires on the car. And, uh, you know, you just had people choking and you had mechanical issues, which, thank God, there was something to talk about because the racing on the track itself was so bad. But at least that kind of gave you a little bit of something, a little bit of hope to cling on to for the four-hour race. Yeah, and that's you know, and that, that really separates the teams, and that's why you really got to give a tip of the hat to, to Kyle Busch and his crew because you know when Bush came to shove, they were the ones that delivered the goods, and you know, and you know, it was funny, you know, nobody on our our, our show picked them, and uh, you know, in no, I'll, if you look at other predictions, you know, most people were going with in Martin Truex and and, and you know. And Denny Hamlin and and Garvick because it, it was such a long time since Bush had won and he was kind of under the radar and it worked out. I think I think the pressure was off. They were able to take that extra half second, make sure all the lug nuts were on the car, make sure everything was, you know. And and they were kind of like, hey, 
let's just go in here and do our job. We're going to win the thing. That's what they did. Yeah, and that's what made it kind of wild because, you know, I can't remember the last time that you were able to say that Kyle Busch was an underdog at anything when it came to racing. You know, if you – if it was a good looks contest, a good uh, manners contest, a who's the nicest guy contest, then, of course, he's going to be an underdog there. But anything that has to do with the race car, you know, Kyle Busch and underdog just don't go together. No, it doesn't. So you got to really, I mean, but then again, if you look at the, you know, the overall, if there's anybody that should be a two-time champion, it is, it is, you know, Bush. Yeah, he's got the most, you know, the most talent out there. He's, uh, he's driven good race cars his entire career. And obviously Joe Gibbs racing is the team to beat right now with three of the four cars, uh, making the championship four. you know, they had 75% of the cars in the final four, this year at Homestead, so they're obviously the most dominant team. Toyota's the most dominant manufacturer. But, um, you know, Kyle Busch is always at the top of that, uh, the food chain over there, and for him to, uh, you know, be second fiddle ever since kind of J- June, July this year was uh, was definitely a different storyline than we're used to. Well, and, he, and if you examine overall his career... You know, he, he came in with such promise, really didn't deliver with Hendrick, just wasn't a good fit, you know. And, and Hendrick, you know, you people, you think, well, he left Hendrick. Where's, you know, where's Kyle Busch going to go? Oh, Gibbs takes a chance on him. Was he mature enough to win there? And, and, and it worked out for him. It, it turned out to be a better fit. And I think Joe Gibbs was able to, you know, kind of talk to him, settle him down, you know, and racing, they all say it's easier to slow somebody down than to speed them up. And I think Gibbs was just, you know, shows that there's different fits for different people. And, and Joe Gibbs was a better fit, was a better uh, landing place for, for Bush than Hendrick was. And, you know, it worked out. Now, if you dust off and take a little peek inside that uh, the Steve Zaki crystal ball, which is, you know, obviously how you pick all your lotto numbers, which is why you've won the lottery uh, 17 times already. Um, Do you foresee Gibbs having another dominant season next year, or do you think he kind of comes back to the mean, so to say? Uh, Organization? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're the team to beat, but... It, I'm thinking, you know, Hendrick, Hendrick goes, I think you'll see Hendrick bounce back. You know, it, it, you're, it, it's the three, you know, it's the three big teams, and they're going to continue to kind of rotate between the three. I think, you know, Chevy not having anybody again in the final four really is, I think, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be giving themselves a rectal exam up in Michigan because, you know, they're spending a lot of money. And they want results, and I think that's why I think when uh, with the Kyle Larson deal just makes so much sense with the 48 car. And if 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 I'm the if I'm the head of Chevy Motorsport, that's the guy I want. You know, I don't want because that would be a really good blend 
with somebody more experienced with talent, and I think he would fit in really good with, with Chase Elliott and the two young kids there. Now, do you think that with – because I'm skeptical about Hendrick for next season. I uh, I do have faith, and I fully expect Chase Elliott to uh, to win a couple races next year and, and, and be competitive and in the discussion for not only the playoffs but a deep run in the playoffs. But uh, Jimmy Johnson on his farewell tour, I think it's going to be more of the same where he's racing for 20th week in, week out. And then uh, with Byron and um, and Bowman, neither one of those guys has, uh, you know, they both they both raced well towards the about uh, a lot better towards the end of the season than they did at the beginning. So maybe they've got momentum going into next year, but neither one of those guys really knocked me over, impressing me last year did did they you know do you have any kind of confidence that they're going to set the world on fire and find victory lane well i think right now it's chase elliott i think it's chase elliott's the guy who's going to deliver the win and i think you could see him win you know two or three times next year and he's he's at a situation now where he's good at certain tracks and and a variety of tracks he's got the respect of of his colleagues, so he does well on the on the restrictor plate tracks too. People aren't afraid; they wanna they wanna draft with him. But um, you know, the, with I think William Byron is is I would probably rate him second right now. I know Jimmy Johnson and all of that, but Byron at times really looked well, and I think you're gonna see him even in, do do better. You know, slowly start ramping up. You know, so. I think the twenty, I think the twenty-four and the eighty-eight car are getting closer. It's there's there's still a couple of years away, but you know, with uh, like I said, Chevy, I think he's going to re re up, and and maybe it's going to take till twenty twenty-one when they get the new car. At, but um, you know, it's it's something. You know, there's too much money there to for them. You know, they're 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 rebuilding, but it's not a teardown rebuild. You know, and and I think it's 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 I think they'll see you can see them in victory lane a few times, at least three of the cars. It'd be nice to see the 48 car, but I I, I just don't see it next year, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't either. And I, I with the exception of Chase Elliott, it's hard to say that the youth movement project that uh, Hendrick went you know took uh took up a couple years ago hasn't been a failure but uh, you know we'll see if uh if byron and bowman can can find victory lane a couple times next season and you know be competitive make the playoffs stuff like that they can definitely prove me wrong but as of now i just don't see it happening uh steve are you able to hang on for one more segment here if the cell towers are uh, willing i'll be here all right. Well, we'll come uh, we'll come back after a short break with more with Steve Zaki. He's uh driving around on his way to the beach. Got his ban- banana hammock on. He's all set to go. But uh we'll get uh we'll get to more with Steve coming up after this short break. Later on at the bottom of the hour, we've got Dennis Michelson from D Mike Media. He's joining the show as well. 
during the 1 o'clock hour, Roy Henning from Great Lakes Dragway. He will join me. So a fantastic, fun-filled show coming up for you. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you, of course, by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and our good friends over at David Hobbs Honda. We go right back out to the Great Midwest Bank hotline. Welcome in Steve Zaki yet again. Steve, uh, still driving with your uh, beautiful bride through uh, New Mexico, huh? Yes, we are. We're heading east at this point, and it's still snow on the ground up here. Just, uh, I'd say about a half an inch or so. Beautiful, beautiful blue skies. Don't drive over any armadillos out there. (laughs) Try not to. Haven't seen one yet. Oh, well, uh, yeah, just wait. I'm sure uh, they'll be coming out soon. So, uh, Michael Waltrip. And he caught some flack uh, a couple weeks back about not about blocking Kenny Wallace on uh, on Twitter and all that. And uh, what was your thoughts on on that whole thing with Waltrip and Kenny Wallace? Well, there, there, there's two there's two reasons why I wanted to play this, and and and, and one of them is you know there's two Michael Waltrip and. And I wish Michael Waltrip would just become this Michael Waltrip because the Michael Waltrip we hear on the radio, the one the one with the, the big filter, with the NASCAR filter on and everything, and, and the guy who tries to hype too much, in my opinion, and is, is really obnoxious. And, and there's a lot of, you know, he, if you follow social media, there's a lot of people who, who rag on him too. And, but then there's the other Michael Waltrip where I've heard on different podcasts and off the TV, and he's like, oh, okay, yeah, this, this Michael Waltrip is okay. I like, I like this Mike. So this is the Michael Waltrip that I like because we're all ripping on Michael Waltrip, but there is another one, but we don't hear him all the time. And, that, and, and, and also brings up another thing I wanted to talk about on, on social media. And so this is why don't we go ahead and play the play the clip and then we can expand on that. Okay, so this is uh, Michael Waltrip's answer to why he has blocked Kenny Wallace on Twitter about American Airlines. Okay, I haven't seen this, so this okay. is my first time. Well, let me just I have no this. context. Facebook and Instagram, yeah. and I no, nah, I like Facebook and Instagram, yeah. and I go to Twitter, and I got yelled at last week. I blocked Kenny Wallace from my Twitter. Did Kenny yell at you? No, here's how that went down. He told the story on Dell Jr.'s download, and people have been like, why'd you block Kenny Wallace? So here's here's how it happened. Uh-huh. Kenny Wallace has a wedding trip planned for his family to go somewhere, and their flight got canceled. 
and he lost his mind on Twitter telling American Airlines that they were not uh, very professional and sure. said a lot of things about American Airlines. Okay, I haven't seen this, so this okay. is my first time. Well, let me just I have no this. context on what you let give me. me. So you give, me this, give me the full deal this, here. This is how it went down. So he was he was a bit belligerent, maybe. Uh, he was really angry. Frustrated. Frustrated, angry with American Airlines. That's Kenny's world, you know. I, whatever, however he wants to do all that, that's his business. It doesn't have anything to do with me. So, no, I, Kenny. I, whatever you think, Kenny, <laughs> I would prefer to go to their DM and hit them per- privately to tell them my, my problem sure. and see if sure. we can get somewhere like that. But that's, that doesn't, that's not what he did. That's fine. So a week later, I fly Charlotte, Phoenix. I had the sweetest flight attendant I've ever met. American Airlines? American Airlines. American Airlines. Okay. And the captain came, you know, when, he, when we got up to get off the plane, the captain stood there and greeted us all, said thanks for, and I just had a wonderful experience. Yep. yep. And I put on my Twitter, uh, thank you, American Airlines. What a professional crew. What a sweet flight attendant. What a great trip. I'm kind of seeing my head where this is going, but the anticipation is killing me. I, I really appreciate your service. Kenny Wallace comes onto my Twitter and says, yeah, unless they screw you like they did me and my family. And now I, all of a sudden I got all his angry people <laughs> yelling at me because I had a good fight. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to put up with that. So I blocked him and then I didn't have to look at it. So are you and Kenny still friends? Yes, we're you're, dear you're, friends. You're just not Twitter friends right now. Not, no, we've 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 we have a difference of opinion on how to to, to to treat Twitter. Have you agreed to disagree? No, we just hugged and said I miss you and I don't see you enough and and we're friends and we'll always be friends and this doesn't have anything to do with our friendship. It's it's just the baggage that he brought with him over to my place. <laughs> you know, I invited him over maybe and he brought a bunch of angry people with him and I'm like, I'm not I don't want, I don't want these people in my house. I, that, that's it's my, these people. It's my house. It's not their house. All right. Well, there's the uh Michael Waltrip side of the Twitter war between himself and Kenny Wallace. What'd you think of what Waltrip said there? Well, I mean that 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 I like what I like that Michael Waltrip. It's the Michael Waltrip that tries too hard on the on the truck uh, broadcast and trying to tell me, you know, oh, this is great racing all the time, and not really, you know, I just not, you know, that's. And I've seen Michael Waltrip on other stuff he did. He, he talks about he was on Dale Junior's uh, podcast. I like that Michael Waltrip. That's that's a cool Michael Waltrip, but. Yeah, the what he the, the persona he tries to to give on TV it just just rubs me the wrong and a lot of other people apparently the, the the wrong way. But then there's also another thing that we see so much, especially on social media, and it's been getting worse on on, on Twitter, is is just the trolls coming out, and I think it's worse on 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 Twitter, and it's gotten to a point where it's really and and I was probably on Twitter more five years ago than any other of the social media uh, venues out there, out, you know, networks out there. And Twitter is, because, you know, I'm only on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and I'm still on Facebook the most. And then Instagram is overtaking Twitter. I'm not on Twitter nearly as much as I used to be. And then just because it's, it's been so vile, everything is just, so, you know, everything's a controversy. Everybody's bitching at everything else. 
and I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm wondering how much twit overall Twitter traffic has gone down because I, I I know a lot of people used to be on it are not on it as as much as they used to be, and especially for us, you know, at a, working for a radio station and that we do our you know, we tweet out our, our, our you know, hey, the show's on or this or that or breaking news. We do that. But other than that, I'm not on it as much as you are. How about you, Jeff? No, I, uh, I'm i on it less. And, and you're right. Twitter has definitely turned into a, a more and more toxic place. Uh, you see it with, you know, NASCAR Twitter is awful. You, you could have the most exciting race in the world with a phenomenal finish and you just have you know, half the fan base that all they want to do is complain and, and come up with arguments on why whatever they just watched sucked. And uh, and then you got the other half that, uh, you know, think that everything that they watch is, is glorious. And, you know, it's just like Congress where, you know, these guys just, uh, they agree to never agree. And they, right. di- you know, they just disagree because that's the only thing they know how to do. And uh, and it's sad, and it definitely turns you off. Well, and there's no, you know, if on Twitter, you know, you, you know, you, you try and regulate it a bit, but still, you you gotta have, you know, there's a free speech and thing, and, and, and I granted, but it, it it's hard. There's no easy answers, really, you know. And but you see this on on Facebook, you know. I, I got the other some there's. Like, I've seen some former drivers that are, you know, sprint car guys or whatever, and they'll say something, and it's hilarious watching all the uh, other, other, their, you know, their posse follow along and then just, just parrot what they say, you know. Well, you know, this track is, sucks because they did this, and everybody falls on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that, too, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And it's just so funny, and that's one of the big negatives about social media are the trolls that just follow along whatever, you know, whatever people say. And I just, and what's your opinion on that? Well, yeah, it's the exact same way where we're at in politics now. You know, yeah. you've got people that if you're on the if you're on the right, and somebody mentions something about the left, oh, you know, you suck. Uh, you you know your opinion you're an idiot your opinion is stupid and uh and you're blocked and it's the same way if you're on the left and somebody says something that's you know pro conservative pro trump oh you're an idiot you're a racist uh i hate you i'm blocking you you know there's no there's no way people don't they forgot how to disagree but still have a productive conversation and you know share your ideas people don't do that anymore because now it's all you know 140 or however many characters it is and uh a lot of these fights are just meant for likes and all this kind of stuff on social media so it's it's brutal now steve well in the old days you know it's if you had a bitch about something, you had to sit down, write a letter, get an envelope, put a stamp on it, and mail it to the newspaper. And, you know, if by 95% of the people, 
by the time they wanted to do that, they were already cooled down, kind of thought about it, and moved on to something else. So that, that's one of the problems, if you want to call it, with social media. It's so toxic and so instant that, yeah, you can really, you know, there's somebody, you know, somebody has likened it to a, uh, it's a, that phone next to you, if you're, if you're in media, that phone sitting next to you is a double-barrel shotgun pointed at your head. Yeah. You know, and, and there's been a few times I've typed something out, and I always kind of, if, if, especially if I'm pissed off about something, I always kind of put the phone down for a minute and think, okay, okay, yeah, then I, yeah, I, should, I can post this. Because just taking that second, you know, how many people have, have you know, you know, have got themselves fired for for trolling or just or just mean spirited or whatever it is. You know, things they've they've typed and you know, if you if you don't, especially when you're in the media, you know, you can really hang yourself by doing it. Yep, you got that right. Well, Steve, I want to thank you for uh, for joining your own show, and I hope that. Uh... <laughs> You enjoy the the rest of your time down in uh, the good old southwestern USA. You ever plan on coming home or what? Yes. Uh, in fact, next uh, next week where I'll be in studio, we're planning a special show. So listeners, I think, will like this. And as ever, you can always listen to us at a later point and podcast us. But it's going to be pretty cool. I went and saw the Ford versus Ferrari movie. And we're going to have some uh, guests on the show that have uh, that were either involved with the movie or have uh, you know have personal recollections of that era and some of the people involved. So it should be kind of a cool, uh, a, a cool. I want to kind of get their opinion not only of the movie because you know there's a lot of people out there. Oh, there's this and that. It's a movie. It's a film. It's not a documentary, and there's another documentary I want to touch base on, too, about that, and that's the 24-hour war that was done by Adam Carolla and Nate Adams, which is a documentary about that. So we got a film now that's based on a book, and it takes some liberties, but it is, uh, I'll just tease this, very, very good movie. I recommend it. I give it two thumbs up, uh, but it, it's not a documentary. People have to, if they go into this acknowledging that, I think you'll enjoy it more. So, and uh, But I want to expand on this, and we're going to take most of the next week's show and, and, and be talking about that movie because it's really taken off. I mean, this ain't just a, a movie that has been, I mean, it's, it's grossing a lot of money. But on the flip side of that, if it's too successful, Unfortunately, what we're going to see are going to there's going to be a lot of subpar movie, uh, subpar uh, racing movies coming out after this. Unfortunately, if it's too successful, so but this one I, I highly recommend. All right, well we look forward to that. So uh, I like I said, I hope you and your beautiful bride enjoy the rest of your vacation, and uh, we'll see you back in the studio next week, Steve. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. That was Steve Zaki. Join me on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Look no further. Call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank. 
providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. Well, we're a little bit late for a break here. We're going to squeeze that in. And then when we return, Dennis Michelson from D Mike Media joins the show. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Final inspection. Final inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan Jeff Orlowski to Polish Pipe Bomb. Steering the ship today, Steve Zaki still down in the southwest, enjoying his, I don't know, six, seven-month-long vacation down there. Uh, so now we go back to the great Midwest Bank hotline. Welcome in the president, the CEO, and everything else important of D-Mike Media, Mr. Dennis Michelson. Dennis, how was your Thanksgiving, my friend? I had a very good Thanksgiving. Thanks for asking, and, and no fisticuffs at the uh, at the dinner table. I was I was pretty amazed. That's a that's a first for our family. Wow! Yeah, usually I look forward every year, you know, seeing you with red hair because for some reason it was like four years in a row you always had the cranberries dumped over your head. Yeah, that was uh, that was tragic. But we figured out a way to solve that. We didn't have any cranberry sauce this this year, and and I think it was a good decision. The fruit salad has a, a more, you know, flavorful and easier to clean up uh, when it's dumped on your head. So I, I think that's a good move. And I, I, I hope we continue to be cranberry-free because that stuff stains, man. It's it's tough to get it out. <laughs> yeah, and if you're using the fruit salad with the marshmallows in it, that's a lot softer, uh, softer landing when it uh, when it hits your dome. So, uh, obviously, I know that you're very busy. Got the racetrack business conference coming up in Indianapolis. Why don't you uh, let everybody know what's, uh, what that's all about as well? Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Racetrackbusinessconference.com. That's where you can go and order your tickets. If you're an outsider who always wanted to be an insider in the racing world, this is your opportunity because it includes credentials to the performance racing industry trade show that week in Indianapolis, Indiana. And that is a closed show to the public. So it's a great opportunity to meet and network with a lot of people in the industry. And this year, I think Tim Frost from the national speedway directory who hosts the event has topped himself. We have Lynn St. James as our keynote speaker. I am so looking forward to, to interviewing her during lunchtime. Uh, our good friends from Race Monitor are uh, sponsoring our lunch again this year. But we're also going to have all the key players for the autonomous challenge going on at Indianapolis. That big challenge, they're going to race cars without drivers. This isn't radio control. This is using artificial intelligence, using the brains of smart race car drivers to race a, tr- a car 
around the track, and we're not talking about streetcars going 70 miles an hour. We're talking about Dallara IndyCar chassis going 200 miles an hour plus. It's going to be a heck of an event, and we're going to be getting the lowdown on this entire event with uh, John Warniak from SEMA. He's their vehicle technology uh, vice president. And all the key players from Delara, from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it's going to be an incredible event. And folks can be there by heading over to racetrackbusinessconference.com. We still have about 20 or 30 tickets left to sell. So uh, head over there right away and get your tickets. That's awesome. Uh, looking in the uh, to the NASCAR news, talked with Steve a little bit about uh, the penalties for manipulating the results at Miami Homestead. <laughs> what uh, what were your thoughts on uh, four cars, three teams, over two hundred thousand dollars in fines handed out by NASCAR? What did uh, Dennis Michelson think of that? Oh, I just think it's a lot uh, of of NASCAR posturing. Um, you know, the the biggest problem that you have in racing is if there is even the hint of a lack of integrity in how you run your races. I am not a big fan of this one-race showdown thing on a lot of levels. But what I think that this instance showed is that up and down the lineup, there are ways that, you know, a single team or a, a single person on a single team can really manipulate a result in the biggest race of the year. It, you know, could you imagine the Super Bowl if the Miami Dolphins players got to wander around out on the field while the game was going on? That's what we have in NASCAR. You have these championship four teams, yet you've got another 36 teams out there wandering around in their path that can affect their championship. So it, it NASCAR has to take strong actions like this, but it's just a sign that they don't have control of what's going on. And they have, I think, a bad format. Why is it such a bad format to have a single race showdown in racing? Imagine this. You can go out and win the first 35 races of the year and finish fourth in the in the championship. That's not what racing's all about. And I know that this second ball sport fans can say, you know, an eight and eight team can get in with the with the last wild card and could go on to win the, the Super Bowl. Yes, but they're only going head to head with one other team each and every week. Uh, they have their own, you know, destiny in their hands at that point. Uh, it's not like racing. This is not a way to, in my opinion, determine the champion for a season. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that uh, that's also why it's ridiculous that uh, Talladega is a playoff track with the crapshoot that that is, uh, that the Roval is a playoff track with uh, the crapshoot that that is, and, uh, you know, the the one race for, for the champion is, is brutal because, like you said, you know, to win, if, if you win 35, if you win 20, races in a season and you finish fourth in the point standings that year that is a complete travesty and i think it cost uh cost nascar credibility as well uh dennis we got to take a quick break can you hold over one more segment please 
Absolutely. Oh, that's why you are the greatest. We'll come right back. Uh, short break here. We have more of Dennis Michelson coming up next. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. Final Inspection. Final Inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb here. Sitting in for Steve Zaki, who is down on uh, yet another one of his uh, numerous vacations. So we head right back out to the great Midwest Bank hotline. Welcome back, Mr. Dennis Michelson from D-Mike Media. Now, Dennis, when we had uh, when I had Steve on here at the top of the hour, he uh, one thing, and I just want to touch on real quick uh, about this whole manipulated finish and stuff. Amazing how NASCAR finds these teams uh, a total of 200 large and but no not a word was spoken about uh, the phantom late cautions that uh, sometimes get thrown in, during these races that definitely affect the outcome of them as well what, what are your thoughts on that yeah luckily nascar has been cutting down on the uh what we used to call the debris caution uh the debris cannon caution you know where they just throw something out on the the track or so it seems um but yeah it's it's tough when you criticize a team yet you are inconsistent in your own calls i mean how often do we see it that there's a crash early in the race and the guy just spins around gets it back going and they throw a caution because there was a six second lead and they want to bunch them all up yet late in the race the same sort of spin happens. Nobody hits the wall. The car's still going, albeit low on the, the inside of the track, and they throw the caution, or, or they don't throw the caution. It's just there's no consistency when it comes to what is a caution and what is it. I mean, back in the old days, unless there was a big honking piece of debris on the track or there was a car that was not moving, they went out of their way not to call a caution. And now it seems like NASCAR chooses and picks and chooses the times when it wants to bunch things up. The idea is to put on a show, but if you're going to criticize teams for doing things that you think takes away from the integrity of the sport, you got to look in the mirror and you got to realize that when you call an inconsistent race, it's no better than that referee in football that has allowed guys to be pushing and shoving and tugging on jerseys all game long. And then on fourth and seven, the last play of the game calls a rinky dink pass interference call. You know, it just, you need to be consistent. Whatever you are doing as a referee of any sport, and this includes racing, you have to be consistent or you lose your integrity. Yep, yep, I agree. Uh, one question that keeps coming in on Twitter for us, Dennis, is what are you going to be doing next season during racing season? 
Oh, my goodness. I just got done uh, re-upping with the folks at FrontStretch.com to provide some NASCAR coverage, although my coverage is going to switch a little bit for next year. I'm going to be involved in the power rankings on a weekly basis, and I'm looking so much more fun to uh, bringing a little bit of levity and a little bit of inside the stats sort of look at uh, that very popular article, which actually dates back to a power ratings article that I started doing uh, many years ago, about 14 years ago, that ended up getting me landed uh, on this radio show way back when. So it's a lot of fun to kind of come full circle with that, and that's great coverage over at Front Stretch. I know the NASCAR season is over, but the coverage during the offseason is always super as they recap uh, all the different drivers from Cup and how their season went and give a little preview for next year. So go over to frontstretch.com on a daily basis. We'll keep you entertained, and I'm looking forward to being back with them again next year. Fantastic. That's great news, Dennis. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate the time and appreciate the knowledge, my friend. Always have time for you. And, of course, want to remind everybody to follow the Danville Dashers and D-Bike Media over on Twitter. Uh, we won't block you, unlike uh, Michael Waltrip and, and Kenny Wallace. Uh, <laughs> but we'll be bringing live coverage of Danville Dashers hockey again tonight. Fantastic. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you uh, maybe next week, maybe next season, Dennis. Thank you so much, buddy. All right, Jeff. Thank you, sir. Take care. That was Dennis Michelson. Join me on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019. Look no further. Call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. Well, first hour's down. That flew by. Went by very quickly here. Uh, Next hour coming up in about 20 minutes or so, we're going to talk to Roy Henning from Great Lakes Dragaway. Uh, but up next, we're going to listen to a, uh, a past interview that, uh, that we did with, uh, with Natalie Decker that you do not want to miss. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR. IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Saki. Welcome back. Second hour of the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb in for Steve Zaki today. He's still down in the great southwestern part of the state on a uh, extended workcation. I, uh, I wish I could get away for, uh, oh, it seems like two months that Steve's been down there, but... Uh, would be nice. Would be nice. 
So we've got Roy Henning. He's coming up here in about uh, 15 minutes, 18 minutes, somewhere around there uh, from uh, from Great Lakes Dragway. And uh, we'll get all the latest, the highlights of uh, what's happened out there this season and what to look forward to out at Great Lakes Dragway in the 2019 season. You know, today is Small Business Saturday. So if you go to greatlakesdragaway.com, you can buy your 2020 season passes. Fantastic gifts for the man in your life, the woman in your life, the kids in your life, the women in your life, the men in your life, anybody, everybody, grandma, grandparents, husbands, wives, kids. It is so much fun out there, guys. You know, and I'm not just saying it because because uh, I'm trying to brown nose because they sponsor the show. We go out there every year, and it is, it's a blast. The food is great. The atmosphere is great. The racing is great. The people that work there are great. You will love it. it uh, it's awesome, and it's, it's affordable. It is affordable. So, you know, check out GreatLegsDragaway.com. Look into their 2020 passes. I think all it takes is three visits out there. And the thing is paid for itself. Three times that you have to go and watch racing. Oh, twist my arm. You know, uh, not very hard to do. That's for damn sure. Also want to say thank you to uh, our good friends over at David Hobbs Honda in Glendale. If you're in the market for a new or used car, Honda or used non-Honda, uh, check out David Hobbs out in Glendale. Fantastic uh, dealership out there as well. Now, back in August, when uh, the racing and everything was hot and heavy out at Road America, Steve Zaki sat down with Natalie Decker and uh, and did an interview with her. This is, I don't know, at least the second, probably the third or fourth year in a row that we've had her on uh, this show such a, a a fantastic you know she's she's a young up and coming racer she is so nice to deal with her entire family you know they're all out there they support her they all work together trying to further her career and make her the best racer possible her mom her dad they are all phenomenal people it's so easy to root for one of Wisconsin's own especially when uh when they're as nice and as personable as the entire Decker family is. So here's Steve's interview with Natalie Decker from out at Road America back in August. Joining me in person at Road America at NASCAR weekend, it is Natalie Decker. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me again. So this weekend you're running in the Trans Am series, and that's a pretty cool series. Uh, it's been around for many, many years, and, and it, it's coming back very very strong and i see you're wearing the avi uh motorsports uh shirt and tony avi is just one of these guys the 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 person on the street might not know who he is but if you're involved in racing any type tony's been around and one of the more talented guys too as a driver you know he is uh he's a guy who ran everything and just unfortunately had some injuries and whatnot but is a hell of a builder and just a good businessman 
and and uh, happy that he's been just going to town in the Trans Am series. And uh, you're running the Trans Am series. Uh, so what team are you running with this year, this yeah, weekend? Yes, yeah, so I'll be with Ave Motorsports. And Tony's been a friend of my dad's for a long time because mm-hmm. it's snowmobile racing. Now so, he's from Eagle River too, right? Yeah. Um, or Tony, Clo- no, or Hurley. I, yeah, Hurley. I'm okay, pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we knew him from through my dad, and he's been a family friend, and that's what's so cool about racing with him and his team. And um, now I, I have some friends who went snowmobile racing back in the day, and probably with with, with your dad. Now, did you ever go snowmobile racing, or how? Did, I I'm tried sure you a screwed bit. around with it. You <laughs> when know, I was like four stuff, years old, yeah. I raced maybe a, a little bit, but not much. There's a really funny story behind it but i love trail riding mm-hmm. and going to the snowmobile races um not so much racing them i like being in a roll cage so okay <laughs> i can understand that um my my uncle raced did a little bit of racing and put me on his uh souped up racing snowmobile we went across the lake at about 110 miles an hour and i was nine <laughs> years nice. old and i was screaming the whole time so <laughs> <laughs> so was not the most funnest, you know. But the whole lake was frozen, right? It, wasn't it was. Like you had well, to no, there the was water. a couple open spots, but yeah. Did you go through them? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, we were going fast fun. enough, yeah. So, <laughs> no, I don't mind going like 60, 65 across, you know, but yeah, 110 when you're nine, it's not. Yeah, yeah that's pretty fast. And then he didn't tell you either. He just <laughs> went. <laughs> so, but yeah, not one of my uh, strong, most more manly moments in life. So. <laughs> So, um, Road America, what's your, uh, you've been, how many times have you raced here now? You this were here last year? This will be my third race here. Third. Last year I did, um, well, I've done an ARCA race here and a Trans Am race here. Okay. So the ARCA race was two years ago, I believe, and then the Trans Am race was last year, so now this will be my third race. Now, how much of a difference is it going from an ARCA car to a Trans Am car? Is it, I mean, I'm sure they're lighter, right, than the ARCA car? It's a car. big difference, especially racing them on a road course. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still like the same concept, but they handle so much different. Um, but then going from like a NASCAR truck to the Trans Am right. car, it's totally different, and you drive them completely different. So with, uh, you know, with with, with a, I don't want to say Bush car, Xfinity car, <laughs> Arca car, or a truck on a road course, I mean, your your braking points are so much earlier, aren't they, compared to a Trans Am car? Yeah, and you kind of have to get your like center roll speed of the corner slower in the in uh, arca car mm-hmm. or you know the xfinity just because of you know they're really not meant for road racing right. and this trans am car is meant for it and it just it can go so fast through these sharp little corners compared to like what i'm used to racing so then when i come here i don't really race the trans am very often i'm always racing in the sure. truck series it's like really difficult to like you know, translate and adapt quickly to what this car is capable of doing compared to what I'm used to racing. Right, right. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, racing's not easy. And so, you know, I always say with young drivers, you know, experience is so, so important. And, you know, you've had, you've had some bumps in the road this year, but how, and it's, I mean, how does a driver stay sharp or how, how do you keep that edge and it's good that you're racing different series. I'm always, I think that's really good for a driver to do that, to try different series and whatnot. But how does a driver stay sharp doing that? Yeah, just staying in the seat and keep racing every weekend. That will just keep making you a better driver. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, 
going i saw i saw you i, I follow you on instagram i'm trying to do, do doing more <laughs> instagram stuff so i saw the puppy fantastic oh, yes. and somebody who's who, uh, me and my wife have rescued several dogs that's, a, that's quite a cute dog and uh but you know you see unfortunately with social media there's the, the detractors and you know some of the stuff you see you just kind of like shaking your head how does how does it somebody how does that affect somebody i mean i can't imagine myself being your age and somebody saying well john she can't race or she's a woman this how does how do you stay positive from that well i have a really great support group Mm -hmm. my family and my sponsors and and that's really big in racing you need to have people you can lean on but like you said i kind of just shake my head and laugh at them because the way i look at it is i'm here working so hard at a dream that i had since i was nine years old and what are like what are they doing right now besides making fun of me on social media like it's it's, it doesn't matter to me so um i try and laugh at it Mm -hmm. and it's kind of funny some of the comments that they make because i'm like okay whatever (laughs) right you know it's like okay and your point is i mean so you know in their situations like uh, michigan I mean, yeah, what are you going to do in that situation? Yeah, There's that nothing, nothing you could have done. Yeah, nothing I could have done. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, and it's, it's got to be frustrating, though, when you had a good truck and this is, okay, we can do something today, and then that happens. Yeah. And does, uh, I mean, is it where somebody where you somebody like your dad who's been in racing a, a far time? or? Yeah, I'll lean on my dad a lot, especially when things go wrong, or if I make a mistake, I'll lean on him a lot. Um, or if, like, we're having a great race and it's mm-hmm. not our fault at all and something like Michigan happens. Right. And then also my boyfriend, he we met racing, so I'll really lean on him hard even during racing and ask for him for advice. Or, like, he'll go out and watch other cars and tell me what they're doing compared to what I'm doing. So it's really cool to be able to, like, trust someone like that that's mm-hmm. really close to you and family. How about the other drivers? Has there been other drivers or drivers that have been in a series that have kind of stepped up and said, hey, you know, I saw you. You know, when you, when you cut your corner, I mean, do they have advice that way and maybe help you out? Yes, um, and also David Gillen, he owns mm-hmm. the truck team I race for, so it's really awesome to have him there and to lean on him for advice. Um, I have great spotters who also help me. I'm a rookie, so I have to go to rookie meetings, and Brett okay. Moffitt, he um, was the champion last year, and he comes and gives us track rides and talks to all of us rookies and gives us advice. So NASCAR also really helps with a lot of the rookie stuff as well. So what's one of the things that's mentioned in rookie school? Kind of walk us through it. I mean, um, do well, they we tell all you? have to go to a meeting, right. and they tell us either all of us rookies did horrible and we need to get our stuff together <laughs> for the next race, and they'll yell at us, or they'll be like, all right, that was a really good race, you know, keep that up. And then Brett, Brett will come in and be like, okay, this track, you know, restarts our heart here, and, you know, we'll get up to the wall really soon here. We will want to be right on the bottom or this part of this track is hard or it's really hard to pass here we get really aerotight here and he'll just really go through in depth and talk a lot about the track and then he'll take us out on the track and show us the line and you know what he's done and what he's learned and that really really helps and i think that's pretty cool that nascar does that with him do you stare at his mustache when you're right in the car (laughs) i think i was at dover and i told him i said maybe i need a mustache (laughs) (laughs) we 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 we, when he started to grow the mustache we actually had a poll do you pearl or negative mustache i think for him i'm usually negative mustache but for, for him it works i guess it works and i don't know why because i'm young guys it's a little you know let's be honest can be creepy but for, it works it works for him so it you works. know so we're talking to Natalie Decker on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Natalie, what's next for you? We 
do this race tomorrow here at Road America, and then we go to Vegas next weekend in the truck series. The big track, fast track. Yes. Have you been there before? We went there early in the year, so it'll be really awesome. We get to go back to a track that was new to me at the beginning of the year, and then we get to go back to it. So I've had laps there. We finished 13th there in the beginning of the year, so I hope we can do better than that. So you have notes time. you can actually go to and yes. say, okay, this is what we did last time. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, they always say if you're not, uh, it's su you're at such a disadvantage if you're not fast off the truck. Is that still true today? Um, you Does know, that kind of put you behind? It, it might put you behind a little bit, but if you're not fast right away off the truck, um, you have two practice sessions to go through and work on that truck and get it fast. And then you have the whole race. We have, you know, stage one, and we're going to get a caution. We have stage two, and you get to come down pit road and work on the truck then. But, yeah, it puts you behind, but it doesn't put you out of the race to not win it. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you for spending some time with us. I really appreciate it, and hopefully we can do it again next year. Yes, I hope so. Thank okay. you. Okay, Natalie Decker on the final inspection show. Brought Yep, there was Steve with Natalie Decker out at Road America, and I don't know about you, but just hearing those cars in the background, you know, we're about, what, uh, almost two weeks now from the uh, conclusion of the NASCAR season, and uh, I kind of miss it already. You know, usually it's such a short off season that, uh, you know, usually by the time NASCAR gets done with Homestead, I'm ready for a few weeks off just to, uh, you know, kind of get out of racing mode, get into, uh, you know, full-time Packer mode and all that kind of stuff. But uh, hearing those cars on the track, boy, whoo, makes me miss it. Makes me miss it. Uh, coming up next, Roy Henning from Great Lakes Dragway is going to join the show. We'll... Uh, We'll talk with Roy about uh, some of the highlights of this season out at Great Lakes and what to expect next year. Again, if you're looking for a great gift idea, today is Small Business Saturday. Go to GreatLakesDragaway.com. 2020 season passes are on sale. They pay for themselves with just three visits to Great Lakes Dragway. Three visits. That's it. If... Uh, you know, your husband, your wife, uh, grandma, grandpa, uh, just your kids, it, it's a great gift. They will love it. Trust me. The food is great. The atmosphere is great. The people are great. It is one hell of a gift. Uh, so we'll talk with, uh, with Roy Henning coming up. A quick, a, uh, you know, a quick programming note. Usually after the show here, we uh, kick it over to satellite radio and you get the college football today where they bounce around talking about all the college games that are currently going on. I'll just give you a quick update. Clemson, number three Clemson, they're killing South Carolina 31-3. Ohio State, they are now up big on Michigan. And uh, that game, it was close in, in the first half. Uh, Ohio State, I think, did take a 12-point lead in a halftime. They're now up 35-16. to 16. Michigan does have the ball, but they're uh, only at their own 22. Still early in, in, the, uh, in the third quarter, so still a ways to go in that one. But uh, Ohio State now looks to be in, uh, in pretty good control of that game. Obviously, you got the battle for the Axe coming up with uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota later today. But right after we get off the air at 2 o'clock, 
right here on the fan. It's going to be the Fresh Coast Classic from Brown Deer High School. Bart Winkler, big time Mike McGivern. They're going to bring you three high school basketball games from the tournament, the Fresh uh, Fresh Coast Classic. Fresh Coast Classic out at Brown Deer High School. You can go out there, meet big time McGivern, meet Bart Winkler in person at Brown Deer High School if you want. The Classic goes on both today and tomorrow. But we will be bringing you three full high school basketball games right here on the fan starting at 2 o'clock. Comes on right after we get off the air. That uh, It's always a lot of fun. And uh, Bart and, uh, and McGivern, they have a good time doing it. And always an entertaining call listening to those guys banter back and forth while bringing you some exciting high school hoops. So that comes on as soon as we get off the air. But uh, up next, Mr. Roy Henning, we'll talk to him next. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. What a fitting, what fitting music to come back uh, from break here on the final inspection show. Some, some nice jams. It's oh, it feels smooth and all that, just like Roy Henning from Great Lakes Dragway, Mister Smooth. Roy Henning joins us on a Great Midwest Bank hotline. Roy, how are we doing today, buddy? Oh, doing great, you know, rolling through the rain, and uh, but hey, it feels good to be back on the final section show after a while. Well, it's good to have you. It's uh, it's been way too long, and I know uh, compared to last season, it was sort of a shortened year because of the crappy weather that we got uh, basically starting a week before Halloween this year. Yeah, last year I remember my uh, my dad texting me uh, about a week before uh, Christmas saying, hey, we just had uh, 50 cars out here for uh, track rental in the trade and uh, 40 degrees. And, yeah, this year uh, with freezing uh, temperatures right before Halloween, unfortunately you got to close the bathroom, turn off the pipes, empty everything out. And once you do that, the place is closed for the year. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame because that, uh, that was nice being able to uh, – you know, mid late November, head down there and still see some uh, some great action on the track. But I know it was a shortened year, but there was a, a whole lot of highlights from uh, from this season out at Great Lakes. What were some of your favorite weekends from the year? Well, we definitely uh, had a really nice Memorial on Labor Day compared to uh, the year before. And uh, we had a good Midwest truck invasion with the Bug Fest. Uh, Leroy Butler down there handed out trophies and, uh, you know, people's eyes popping out of their sockets. Can't believe that he's just walking around hanging out at a racetrack. And uh, we also just had some really, really good Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday events to where normally we'll have 50 to 75 cars. And all of a sudden there's 150, 200 cars lined up. You know, everybody after work just piling in. So while we have, weren't open as many days as we like to be this year, 
the days that we were open were, you know, sometimes two to three times as busy as normal. So it was pretty nice. Yeah, that is awesome. And, uh, yeah, I was out there that uh, that weekend for Bugfest with uh, with Leroy, and you know it. Like you said, you know people shocked that uh, that he just walks among the people. But you know, if you want to talk about a prof- uh, ex professional athlete, someone who definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame, who is as humble and thankful and personable and nice as you can imagine, that is Leroy Butler. He is truly a uh, just a great amb- ambassador for not only himself but the Green Bay Packers and the NFL in general and uh, I know the fans had, I was walking around with him for for a couple hours and the fans had a blast Leroy had a blast that was a ton of fun oh yeah those guys that uh, you know won the car show award you know they got pictures at home up with their big trophies and they never expected to have a picture of uh, Leroy Butler standing there next to their car yeah, I know that uh, that was awesome. That was awesome. So uh, I know that uh, if you go to GreatLakesDragway.com, you can get your hands on 2020 season passes already. That do uh, you got any kind of deals going on for Small Business Saturday? Well, right now our deal is is that up until the end of the year, uh, the price won't be going up. However, uh, after the first of the year, we are going to do a slight price increase on some of the passes. Um, and like I say, you know, if you go four times, you paid for your pass. So if you plan to go to the racetrack four times, buy yourself a pass. Every time after that is free. Yeah. Yeah, and like I was saying uh, earlier in the show, oh, shucks, I got to go watch racing four times? Twist yep. my arm, please. You know, everybody should uh, should be jumping at that because that's one hell of a deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that we really have coming up, not we, but the state of Wisconsin has coming up for us uh, next year is that the freeway is going to be done. You can get on and off going north and south. You can cut right across on KR back the normal way. No back roads, no uh, construction, no off-roading. It's going to be one heck of a change after two and a half years of uh, of just you know who knows what was going on down there. Two and a half years—that was it. That's it. Seems like it's been about eighteen years. Yeah, now it's yeah. It seems like five. I mean, it seems like I don't even remember how to get there normally. So it's going to be uh, something special uh, in April when we open up again. And like I say, you can get off the freeway and you drive right there, and you don't have to worry about figuring out how to get there, what's closed, what's open. Yeah, that's phenomenal, and, uh, you know, congratulations to Wisconsin for finally finishing a road project. Uh, we're, we're proud of you guys. It, uh, it, it's about time because... Uh, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it was semi on time as well. You know, I mean, they said it was going to take two to three years, and hey, it took two to three years. Yeah, well, that's shocking in and of itself. What a mess that uh, that was. We're glad that's getting cleared up, and uh, it's going to be nice and, uh, and easy for you guys to... Uh, you know, to get the get the people in and out, which you did a phenomenal job anyway. But uh, you know, yeah, the routes were uh, were a little uh, a little interesting, and I'm sure that uh, some of your um, rural neighbors that uh, live near the track will be a little happier to see less cars uh, flying around their house as well. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. So now, you know, we talk all the time about what a phenomenal facility you have, and. Uh, how you guys are always constantly renovating the place and uh you know you you don't you could 
just sit there and and take the profit that you make and uh, and lead that rock and roll lifestyle that we all dream of. But uh, you <laughs> actually put it back into the track to make the people's experience that much better, and it's it definitely shows. Do you know what uh, improvements you're planning this off season that uh, that well, people will be able to see next year? In a, in a good and bad way, uh, you know, my dad and uh, and the other uh, owner, you know, they've been a part of the ownership group now for a little over 25 years. And what he's saying to himself and what he's got to say to some other people is that, hey, some of the improvements I made right when we bought the racetrack, which was pouring a lot of concrete, laying a lot of asphalt 25 years ago, those improvements have already worn out already. And he's got to do those improvements again because, obviously, you know, concrete and asphalt, don't last forever, especially when you're driving uh, semi-trucks and trailers on them for, uh, you know, 250 days a year with race cars in the back. So he's got to actually start redoing some of the improvements that he did when he first bought the track. Um, and also, you know, they'll be working on the starting line, as usual, uh, doing a little bit more improvement down the racetrack itself. And, uh, you know, they're going to expand the, uh, the asphalt parking out a little bit, possibly even having another drift pad, uh, depending on how it goes. And, uh, you know, just uh, probably a couple more buildings as usual because uh, my dad wants to make it the biggest little city in the world. So that's what he's doing. All right. We're talking with uh, Roy Henning from Great, uh, from Great Lakes Dragway right here on the final inspection show. That drift pad is super cool, man. When, uh, when we were down there for, uh, for Bug Weekend, uh, I sat there and parked my car over by that drift pad and just watched it. And those guys get after it, man. You know, it was uh, it was it was the best. Uh, you know, not mistake, but uh, just best random thing that uh, you know we ever did because that was always just made as uh, more parking. And then somebody drove in and said, "Hey, can you use it for this?" And my dad goes, "What's drift pad?" And he goes, "Hey, well, we set up these things and uh, we go and we slide our cars around." And my dad goes, "Okay, fine, great, let's do it." And then it just caught on and caught on and caught on, and now there's events and there's nights and there's weekends and. You know, people drive from who knows where to uh, to come do it, and so uh, sometimes you know the best things are accidental. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that it, it's phenomenal, and they had when uh, when I was out there watching it, they, there was a uh, quite a crowd over at uh, at the drift pad, uh, 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 people watching it, and you know that's what that's what's so cool about uh, about Great Lakes. You know, you can obviously watch the drag racing. But you know, if uh, if you're out in a lot and uh, and hanging out, the drift pads are right there, so you can sit there and watch that as well. You know, there's so much going on that uh, you know it truly is an all day and definitely multi day trip to sit there and uh, and catch it all. Yeah, and as usual, you know, it's there. There's there's concrete guardrails. There's stands to sit on. So it's better than standing in, uh, you know, the parking lot of a local high school while people are, you know, sliding around a corner doing 75 miles an hour because uh, you're protected and, you know, you're safe and there's EMTs on, on site at all times just in case something happens. Uh, so best to do it under, uh, you know, good, good and controlled and safe environment rather than, uh, like I said, in the, in the local high school parking lot. Yeah, and taking a chance with uh, with the law and tickets and injuries and all that. So. You know, it. Uh, you guys provide one heck of a service. Uh, so now that it's the off season, Roy, what uh, what do you have cooking? Do you just go uh, 
you know, down to Hawaii for uh, three, four months before uh, you get it fired up again? Or what are you going to be doing? No, unfortunately, we, uh, you know, we all have second jobs or primary jobs compared to the racetrack. So we uh, we concentrate uh, up at Mofoco on building uh, building lots of Volkswagen motors and sending them all over the world and working on machines and things like that. And, you know, the promotion never stops. There's, uh, there's car shows down in Chicago and Schaumburg and Waukesha and downtown Milwaukee. Uh, that we attend so that we can, uh, you know, hand up the schedules and talk to people about next year. And uh, as usual, we've already got season passes uh, sold, uh, tons of them actually already. And uh, and also we've got track rentals being uh, being booked, you know, for next year, you know, as we speak. So, you know, dates as usual are, are beginning to fill up. And I don't think we went one or two days maybe without a track rental this year. Um, so it was a busy, busy year on that front. Yeah, that's phenomenal as well. So. Uh, so if you sit there and say, um, you know, your great grandma has has a farm and there's an old uh, an old bug or an old Volkswagen bus or something like that in a garage, I could bring it to your shop at at Mafoco and uh, and you can trick out that engine for me, huh? Yep, yep. I just about got my motor finally done for my car and uh, got to drive it a whole two days before it started snowing. So it's, uh, it's it's back in the shop now, but I'll be taking it down to the racetrack to show what we can do. And, you know, we, we just seem to not ever be short on work, which is good. Um, so, you know, people are driving from all over the country to drop stuff off for us and shipping stuff to us. And we're either building new things or we're rebuilding old things and uh, anything in between. Well, that's phenomenal. And, Roy, obviously for everybody here on the Final Inspection Show, for everybody here at the station in general, a definite big tip of the cap for you. You know, you're always uh, the gold sponsor of the fans' golf outing. You do a ton with the toy drive. You sponsor, obviously, the greatest racing show in the world, the final inspection show. Uh, you guys just you, you take care of us here at the station. We can't thank you enough. You were uh, a frequent guest of mine on the roundtable every time I did uh, the Brewers on Deck show before uh brewers games this season so i i can't thank you enough for what you guys do for us here at the station and for the wisconsin racing family as well you know great lakes dragaway can't say enough good things about it i wish you all the all the success and uh, i hope that the great sales continue on the 2020 season passes make sure you uh get out to greatlakesdragaway.com and buy those up, you know, fantastic stocking stuffers, Christmas presents. Your family will love it. So, Roy, again, from everybody here on the show and the station, thank you. You are a prince among men, my friend. Hey, I, I really appreciate it, and I would be remiss without bringing this up. One of the uh, original owners of Great Lake Dragway with my dad, who also happens to uh, – one of the guys in charge of Mofoco for a long time and was instrumental in uh, creating our cylinder head. He, uh, he won the NHRA Division III uh, Top Alcohol Funny Car Crown this year, uh, Ray Drew. Uh, so you can look him up. You can see him on ESPN, but he's representing uh, you know Milwaukee and uh, Great Lakes Dragway and everybody really well nationally. Uh, he's been doing it for a long time. And, uh, you know, like my dad always says, it takes you 20 years to be an overnight success, and that's what Ray was. Um, did a great job and, you know, did a real, you know, good job going around the country and 
you know, really winning a lot of races. And uh, so we're real proud of him and real happy that we can say that, you know, he's part of our family as well. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm happy to hear that uh, it seems like everything is sunshine and rainbows out in uh, Roy Henningland. I hope that continues. Um, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy holiday season coming up, Roy. And I uh, can't wait to hear from you next season as well. So thank you for you joining well. the show. You as well, my friend. Thank you much, and we'll definitely talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. That was Roy Henning. He joined me on a great Midwest Bank hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance a 2019? Look no further. Call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. Phenomenal. Roy Henning, just, he's awesome. You will see, if you ever want to see what the human version of a chicken with his head cut off looks like, that's Roy Henning. Get out to Great Lakes Dragway. You know, hang out by uh, one of the bars or the food stands for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And you'll see this tornado running through. You'll be like, oh, my God, look at that guy. He's got so much energy. It looks like he's going 50 places at the same time. That's Roy. And the reason why he's doing it is because he's got his hands into everything and he's trying to make everything perfect for the fan experience out there. It is phenomenal. So you will love it. Check them out. GreatLakesDragaway.com. Get your 2020 season passes now. You can still have a lot more of the final inspection show to come. Like I mentioned before, coming up right after we get off the air, the Fresh Coast Classic from Brown Deer High School. It's going on today and tomorrow. But today, starting at 2 o'clock, uh, Bart Winkler, big-time Mike McGivern, They're going to be calling three different high school basketball games all on our airwaves from the Fresh Coast Classic at Brown Deer High School. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Both those guys do a great job. The rapport between them is great. So entertaining. You will love it. That's coming up right here at 2 o'clock. Short break now. When we come back, you'll hear another interview that we did back earlier in the season You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, again, a big thank you to Roy Henning from Great Lakes Dragway for joining the show. Uh, if you missed his interview, if you missed some of the first hour with Dennis Michelson or Steve Zaki, uh, you, you can get it. The podcast will be posted right after the show is over. You can get it there. You can get it on the Radio.com app. You could use the Rewind feature on Radio.com. No excuse not to listen. We are so easy to find, whether we are live on the air or later in the day, later in the week, whenever you have a chance. And uh, and we thank you for tuning in. Now, when Steve uh, usually spends uh, most of the month of May down in Indianapolis, uh, for the 500 and all that, getting ready for the 500. Here is uh, some time that uh, Steve spent with Tony Kanan 
and he starts it off by talking about A.J. Foyt. Rundown on working for A legend. <laughs> a legend that has no filter, so he will tell you exactly the way it is at the moment that you're talking to him. So a guy that I rely a lot on when I'm having a lot of bad days. I mean, he's been through all and, and on and off the track. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so much respect that, uh, especially when we're here at this place, I want to talk to him every day, 24 hours a day. And, 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 you know, just this morning we did an appearance and we were talking about setups. And, and then I love to hear the stories. And unfortunately, there's a lot of things that he has done in his race cars because of the rules nowadays, we can't. Which are, because we're just talking about this. You know, I did this. I said, we should do it. He says, well, we can't <laughs> because the rules. So it's a really an honor to drive for him. I mean, I, I, I feel the, the, a much bigger responsibility of performing not just because of me it's because of, of him and the legacy that he's his you know that he created it so a lot of pressure on myself but that's why i race all right thank you tony 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 what's the one thing driving for aj that a story came that used the thought well i didn't know he did that i know he actually had fought a lion when uh you know, get a, got attacked by a lion, I guess. But I felt bad for the lion, to be honest. But <laughs> I didn't know that. And what, when you're driving during the race, early in the race, is there what's the one thing that's the most frustrating? Early yellow or anything like that? What comes bother, that bothers you the most as a driver? Um, I would say actually, when you can't pass a car that you know it's slower than you, you know that is really frustrating. But the way that the product is nowadays, sometimes you get one of those and. It's not the driver's fault. We're defending positions. Or I would say, to top of it, to come to think of it, it's actually somebody that has become extremely aggressive on the first 10 laps of the race. You look at it and you go, why are you doing this? You know, we have another 190 laps to go. So that probably annoys me the most. The, the changes they made this year, do you think that's going to help out with the front washing out and with the front of the car? 100%. I think we're, we have a better product than last year, for sure. Firestone did a great job. They increase the grip on the tires. We add a little bit of downforce in the front, and I think it's going to be... You've seen it. Qualifying for me, uh, for the past 18 years I've been here, I think it was the hardest one that we've ever seen. Tony, besides yourself, you had a good couple of bucks down in Vegas on the drive. Besides yourself. I never bet on myself, actually, I should have in 2013. Um, I would do... I'll pick three guys. I'll do Dixon, Power, and Rossi. But those are, those are so obvious that I was not going to win any money anyway. So no. I, should, I should pick. Actually, I will add one more. I'll put a lot more money on Kyle Kaiser. Kyle Kaiser. The way it's going, I think it's we'll be surprised. The year that we won, I think uh, I had a friend of mine that actually bet. Oh, really? I was 28 to 1. Wow. And he bet a thousand bucks. So. Did he, did he at least take you out to dinner or something? No. <laughs> Nothing? I was happy for him. I won a lot of money too, so it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more than he bet. <laughs> how, many, how many drivers do you think really have a chance to go to Honestly, I'm not going to be sarcastic. Yeah. I think 33. 33. Really? I mean, the way that the field is and you look how close it is. Yes, the further back you go, the harder it can be, but you never know. You never know a strategy. You never know how the yellow is going to come out. Now we have the rain. How about if rain's more than halfway through the race and you haven't stopped 
and you started at that blast and you're there. I mean, there are so, honestly, I, I don't think I can pick one. We can talk about the obvious people, but when this place became obvious, since when this place is obvious, so. This place decides, you said that. I always said that, and it will do it again. When you have two cars, is there, and, and you guys do two strategies, do they let you have any input? What What do you think? Like well, if rain is a strategy? The way or? a team plays, when we talk about in our team meetings will be, depending where you are, you know, and, and if one car is in the top 10 and the other one is 32nd, the guy in the back is going to risk more than the guy in the right. front. So basically, it's not really. It's where you're positioned, right? And and that's quite obvious for us. So uh, as far as our team, we're, we're so tied together that it, for me, I mean, if I have to jeopardize myself as far as strategy to, to have my teammate or my team win, so be it. I think we have a, such a great atmosphere there that I'm, I'm talking about it in a good way. Don't take me mm-hmm. wrong. I'm not right. saying we're going to do something silly, but no, but it's always where you position on the race, right? Mm-hmm. Really. I mean, to give an example, last weekend I was up, up front, moved up front on the top 13, and Mateus was 21st or 22nd. They gambled, and but we couldn't gamble because we say, well, let's guarantee this car up front, and actually ended up working the opposite, mm-hmm. and and I was happy for him. How, uh, say you're tenth, and you know that the weather's coming. How does that change the equation? Well, the only thing you could do, you banked on the on the weather, and then if everybody everybody pits, you stay out. But if we, if we could predict the weather, we'll be rich. Right? <laughs> so the, even the people that know about it can't. So I don't know. All right, thank you, Tony. Thank you. Well, there was Steve Zaki with Tony Kanan down at Indianapolis. Always a fan favorite, Tony Kanan. Very, very easy guy to root for. We're going to take a quick break here. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Jeff Orlowski to Polish Pipe Bomb. Sitting in for Steve Zaki today. I just got the phone call. We are getting evicted. The Fresh Coast Classic is coming up next from Brown Deer High School. Big time Mike McGivern and Bart Winkler. They're going to bring you three exciting high school basketball games today. You're not going to want to miss that. So that's getting started here in a couple minutes right after a uh, we've got a two-minute commercial break. And then we'll get straight to those guys. So I want to thank everybody for listening to the final inspection show today. Thank you to Steve Zaki for joining me from down in New Mexico. Thank you to Dennis Michelson from D Mike media. And of course, Roy Henning, the rock star president, CEO, Mr. Do everything out at great lakes, Dragaway. check them out. Greatlakesdragaway.com. Pick up your 2020 season passes. They make just a phenomenal holiday gift for the important people in your family. Fresh Coast Classic coming up next. We've got one more final inspection show next week. We we will talk to you next Saturday at noon. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Fresh Coast Classic coming up right after this. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 